0: hello and welcome to survivor stories my name is jacob little and i've created this podcast for survivors when i say survivors i mean survivors of child abuse survivors of addiction survivors of the prison system survivors of domestic violence survivors of institutional child abuse i'd like to give a trigger warning this podcast will be real and raw as fuck. We will be interviewing survivors and also services that are helping survivors on their journey. Having lived the experience of institutional child abuse and the prison system, I encourage all survivors to speak up. Hello everyone, we've got a guest on today by the name of Cassandra, we go by Cass. Hello, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks. What are you up to today? Uh,
1: Not much today. Uh, You know, yesterday was my three weeks out. So that was a good milestone because, um, you know, this is probably one one of the only times that I've been out for three weeks and actually... You know, we've been focused, been clean, been really good. So yeah, it's That's, a it's a good feeling.
0: Good job, mate. Good job. So so you've been out for three weeks, is that right?
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah,
0: okay. And how long were you in for this time?
1: Um, so unfortunately this time was my 11th time. Um, mm-hmm. I did have a big gap when I had my daughter. Um, however, I was in for 15 months this time, so that was, um, you know, it was, it was not as long as most other people, but still a good little go.
0: Yeah, it's pretty decent. How old were you when you first started going through the system?
1: So when I, my first time in prison, I was two weeks into being 17.
0: Okay, yeah. What did you go in for your first time?
1: Um, everything and anything. <laughs> so back then I was... Um, a uh, bit of a lost cause, and um, I was also a, a bit of a run if You'd like to put it down like that. Um, and uh, you know, like as they do, uh, the police waited until I was 17 and then come and charge me with like 50 charges. See you later. Yeah.
0: So, so, yeah. so what what was it like when you when you were a kid? Where did, where did you grow up?
1: Uh, So I grew up on the Sunshine Coast Um, and it was okay. You know, I guess coming, it was sort of a lifestyle that, you know, like I didn't really choose. Um, Sort of uh, family orientated, got into the wrong stuff when I was probably about 14, 15. And um, I I guess it was just a a matter, excuse me, it was just a matter of time before. um, something like that happened in the world I was growing up in.
2: Yeah.
1: So it was, um, so I don't know, it wasn't really daunting because I knew so many people that had been to prison. Yeah. Um, so yep. at that point in time, to me, it was just a pretty normal step everyone took. Um, and, uh, you know, being 17 in prison, Back then, that was 2006, they used to have um, boys' yards in the men's prisons.
2: Yep.
1: However, if you were 17 and went to prison as a, as a as a female, there was no girls' yard. You went straight into mainstream, straight into, like you couldn't smoke. That's about the only disadvantage you had. Yeah. Um, but you went, you know, in with everyone and yeah. Like, I, I guess it was a good thing in a way because you got to, you know, like hang around with people that were probably more where your maturity was. Yeah. Um, but I guess it was a disadvantage as well because to certain people, you just, you're, you will prey.
2: Yeah
1: you know, like not to obviously the um, prisoners, but more so the officers.
2: So yeah, okay.
1: So I guess that... Were they
0: pretty... What were they like there? Were they abusive or were they... What were they like?
1: Oh, they were just really conniving, you know, like... Yeah. I think it's because... I don't know what mindset that they were in, but because you, you were young, you were sort of preyed on a little bit more because you didn't know that that was a, not okay when you went to prison.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, so, um, yes, I used to get... I, I got very sheltered from a lot of things Yeah, when it came to, you know, like, um, for example, say, drugs in prison and all that sort of stuff. Prisoners had a lot of respect for younger people because they didn't want to bring all that sort of stuff around. Yeah. But then yeah. there was... You know, like the officers that sort of thought that, I, I don't know what they thought, to be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, so that was pretty hard because my parents at the time thought that when I was in prison, I was safe.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but I guess what they didn't know was actually not safe. You no? Know?
2: Yeah.
1: So um, it's only been the last few years that I've really had enough courage to come out and sort of uh, heal from that, yeah. heal from all of that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it just sort of became the norm, you know, like uh, went through a stage where I actually rather, like even though there was a lot of abuse that happened in prison, I actually rather being in prison,
2: Yeah.
1: you know, and um, seeing, you know, obviously everyone else that I was hanging around with at the time, as I said before, it was just the norm. You'd go in and you'd do what you needed to do. You come out and you just, it all just happened again. And you would just, I uh, got to a point where I would um, sort of, I know it sounds really weird, but, I would purposely do things wrong to go to prison.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, because the stuff that would happen in prison was probably not as bad as what would happen outside of prison, like not abusive-wise, but just, you know, because it's a pretty crazy world when you're always doing the wrong thing and in addiction. So... Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's pretty sad, you know, that um, when when young kids go into these institutions, uh, you know that that things happen there. And then you said that there was some abuse in there. Is that right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, and this and that abuse happened when I was seventeen. You know, like I feel as though there should have been maybe a different area. Maybe yeah. if I went to Judy first. Yeah. Not saying that abuse wouldn't have happened there because it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but it's just um yeah, you sort of just wonder if you know there was another a few more steps taken by the system mm. to prevent people getting preyed on.
2: Yeah. So yeah, yeah.
0: I understand that. I suppose we're in my situation, you know, I, I was locked up in the same state as you, Queensland. Um, and as yes. you said before, you know, the the young kids um, sort of that were 17 years old got given option or not really the option, but the, you went to the boy's yard, you know, so there was no, no one else in there other than 17 year olds. And I suppose, I don't know why the government done it like that, but you know, unfortunately I was abused there. But um for that age, age group, you know, that for yourself, for women, you were just going in into the women's, um, uh, yeah, into the women's prison. Wow.
1: Yeah, and, like, I guess, you know, you start hanging around the older women and you, like, because I spent more more time in prison than out of prison, do you know what I mean? You get schooled by them and you look yeah. up to them and they become not just fellow inmates, but they become your mentors, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And I remember, actually, I think it was 2018 that the government changed the rule that 17-year-olds had to stay in juvie. Yeah. That really gutted me, like really, really gutted me. Mm. Um, I remember thinking, like, how dare they just make that decision, like, just like it's nothing, that 17-year-olds actually shouldn't go to adult prison. Yeah you know and there's no there's no sorry for the people who were wrongly treated there's no okay well yeah we stuffed up you know like what happened to you when you were young you know yeah. it it was just such a blasé decision and that's why it really gutted me and that's actually when I made that decision to um come forward about everything yeah
2: good on you
1: um I think it's also a big thing it's healing as well
2: yeah.
1: finally getting well not the wrongs of everybody but um, finding a way because obviously everything else wasn't wasn't working yeah. um, finding a way to actually heal properly and yeah. I guess that process of healing is also getting everything out yeah. and um, you know I think it's just inbuilt in us that we want to be apologised to, no matter what situation yeah. we're in. You know, just because we're in prison doesn't mean we're pieces of crap and we don't deserve an apology and we don't deserve yeah. recognition. Um, and it's been really good to see so many people, you know, get that recognition, you know, i look at the process that's been happening with the redress and everything and... yeah. It's really lovely to see, you know, not financially, but I feel as though these people have been given a bit of their life back.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, once you're abused in a a situation where um, you're actually meant to be sort of getting looked after in a way, it's a real big breach of trust. Yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have done what I did because I don't know. Did it contribute to how much I just kept using and being an addiction on the outside and um, everything else? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, because I guess a lot of people that go to prison already have those... Um, issues of distrust
2: yeah
1: and to go somewhere and, and get betrayed and distrust again it's just like well you know like yeah. obviously not worth it mm-hmm. you know it's it's um you know like when you say that this is about the survivors it is 100% yeah. about the survivors because unfortunately there's a lot of people that haven't made it to this point
2: yeah that's right
1: you know and they've been a couple of people that i grew up with and it's it really does it breaks my heart to think that if something like this hadn't have happened and if there was a lot more support out there years ago <laughs> that they may not have taken their life or overdosed yeah. or you know, so it's a definite, definitely a, you know, definitely a point of surviving it.
2: Yeah.
0: It's a life sentence whether you're inside a prison or out, isn't it?
1: A hundred percent. You know, people don't realize that when stuff like that happens to you at a young age, they take your life away. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in prison or out of prison. You know, whether whether it happened by prison guard or not, you know, people who do that to people, they take their life away. They take, you know, their, their, their outlook on, um, you know, uh, innocence away, you know, because yeah. you just think that everybody's just out to harm you. And
2: yeah.
1: through that process, you probably end up pushing away really good people that, are there you know genuinely
2: yeah
0: is that is that how the abuse made you feel
1: yeah definitely and it yeah. has you know like i i still do it these days you know like i still you know like when i'm struggling yeah. i go to ground yeah. you know like i don't know who i can trust i yeah. you know and recently over the last few years since i've been back in addiction well three years since i been back in addiction i pushed away so many good people i had in my life it's just yeah. i think it's a coping mechanism yeah that even though you know that those people are, are good and going to be there because yeah. you've been distrusted so much in the past that subconsciously you, you just go to ground and push them away
0: yeah i agree with that mate you know and i know like, when I used to party, like, when I'm when I'm right on it, the last people I want to speak to is, is they positive people that are actually there to help you. It sounds so weird, yeah. though, doesn't it?
1: I know, definitely. Like, I've had a couple of girlfriends um, say to me, you know, like, I'm your friend, Cass. You know, you don't ever need to push me away, you know. And I'm like, well, it's not that, And you know, and they like, I feel like I'm a bad friend because I feel like I didn't do enough for you. Yeah. But because you push them away,
2: yeah.
1: you know, like I think I didn't want to get down to that point where I self-sabotaged everything.
2: Yeah. So it's yeah, easy for you just,
1: yeah, push them away and um, so they don't get to see all of the destruction that sort of has been created already and ingrained.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely spent a long time... Um, out the system 11 times, but uh, how long was that in total that like you've been in prison?
1: Nearly seven years.
0: Seven years, okay. Which? What was your longest sentence?
1: Um. So I know the longest that I did was I did 14 months. I got out for four weeks and then I came back for 18 months. Okay. You know, I just ended up doing my full time and sentence management were like, oh, you're eligible to apply. And I said, I "Don't want to apply yeah. What, what do you mean? I said, well, obviously,
2: yeah.
1: I it's just, it just out there is not okay for me.
2: Yeah.
1: I would rather sit here and do my full time and not have to worry about that. <clears throat> but the danger with that was when I was, I think I was four to six weeks out of getting out for the first time mm. without an order.
2: Yeah,
1: I started freaking out. I was like, mm. holy like, as much as orders suck, you just, you feel that little bit more alone. Mm. So I rang up Spur back when you could actually do prison for your Spur fines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I rang them up and I said, so I've got all these Spur debts and um, I heard you could do prison time for them, but my calculations, that's another six months and I'm pretty comfortable where I am. So I was wondering if I could just cash them in. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> they were like what do you mean i said well i'm pretty comfortable at the moment i'll get out in full time you know what's the process what paperwork do i need to do yeah. like, they were like well you've got to get out do the watch house do that i will like, oh, we'll stuff that then i'm not gonna do that
0: oh how bad is the watch house
1: oh gosh is that much time in the watch house it's ridiculous
0: mate i remember last time i went in you know i was just as soon as you hit that watch house, I always normally used to go to Southport because I was on the Gold Coast. And as soon as you hit that oh watch yeah. house, I've, she, I've been there. Just that smell, straight away that smell of each you like, fuck, oh, I'm back again. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. It's funny. It's like as soon as you go to the watch house, you just sleep. So like they've got something in the aircon or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's eh? your yeah. day. Yeah. Was mum's yeah, down I've there finished. when you were there last?
1: She definitely was cooking all the meals. It was great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I got told that she's not there anymore. I don't know how true that is.
1: Yeah, no, she actually isn't there anymore. I don't know what happened. But, um, yeah, I think probably about five years ago she stopped, stopped doing that, yeah. which is really unfortunate because I think a lot of people really looked up to her and
2: yeah. as
1: sad as it sounds, they look forward to seeing her and her meals. So Yeah,
0: for people who don't know, Mumsy was like the lady who prepared the meals and brought them around. To people in the watch house while you're at the Southport watch house, and you know she was she was a pretty top chick helping out where she could, feeding us when we're hungry.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was actually weird going back to the watch house this time, and because Murciador is obviously where I used to go all the time. Yeah. Is um,
2: it?
1: Yep. Yeah. So I've probably I've been in actually a fair few watch houses, but that's a, another day story. Yeah. Um, so. This time I went to Maritidora and they ordered pizza and got you like, yeah. I don't know, yeah, like red rooster or something. I was like, what's this? Yeah. Where's the big um ball of meat with the boiled egg inside and the chips that make your fingers bloody yellow? <laughs> like,
0: yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So what, what is um what's the plans now that you're out? What's your focus and and, and what do you want to try and achieve now that you're out and free, and um, you're start, starting to make connections with your family and things like that? Or
1: yeah, so obviously I haven't really like my family aren't really blood. I guess okay. a lot of people can relate to that. You sort of get to the point where you contextualise your own family. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with my parents and I. Um, yep. I just, I think it's, you know, like 100% it could be my fault over the years where I've just done so much jail. They've sort of had to shut off emotionally. Yeah. And they lost that bond you have for your child. Mm. You know, so I'm not saying that, you know, that they're all bad and all this type of stuff because I've definitely contributed to it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. When I was clean and all good, I had my daughter, they were there, but then as soon as, cause I had an injury at work three years ago. So okay. as soon as I had my injury at work, cause I was on six figures, I built a mm. house, with a single mom was doing really well. Um, and yeah, as soon as I had my injury, they automatically thought I was on drugs when I wasn't, yeah. you know, they, they never came over to my house and gave me that respect. You know, they sent my daughter down to Sydney with her father to someone who used to, like, physically abuse me in front of her.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, so that, that to me, that was a really big betrayal. Yeah. Um, I've spoken to them on and off over the years, over the last three years, but it's I've just had to cut all contact with them because it becomes very toxic very quickly. Yeah, okay. Um, I have sent them a message since I've been out. Yeah. Um, because my, my theory this time is everybody that I have issues with I just got to go counselling Yeah. my first point of call is go counselling because I've got my opinion they've got their opinion and then that person in the middle can work from there the so idea. I just said to them yeah well it's the only conclusion I can come up with because like obviously when you're in and out for so long you you do a lot of therapy, a lot of drug therapy, a lot of counselling because most of the time you're made to. And yeah. some of it actually. And um, so, yeah, I've just sent them a text message saying, look, I'm out, I'm at home. Um, this is because I've started a new Facebook to get yeah. rid of everybody. Um, this is my Facebook name. This is my phone number. If you just want to come around for lunch or dinner, you know where I live.
2: Yeah. I'm also
1: going to um, uh, be looking at some family counselling, so I'll let you know when, you know, when I've figured out the details. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that's um, a big step into the healing process for me as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, because they don't know about all of this stuff that's happened in prison.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And this is what I sort of want to be able to tell them about all those times that, you know, like you thought I was safe, I actually wasn't.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, I've obviously had no response, but yeah, it's just, it is difficult being out and being, well, not really alone, but just cutting ties with everybody. Yeah. I understand that. yeah people that have been there for you you know yeah they were there through addiction but they were there through you for really lowest times people that you've you know been homeless on the street with people that you've um, gone through so much with unfortunately I feel as though I get to a point where I just have to cut everybody off you know and yes it's very lonely but the only person I really need to have a connection with right now is my daughter, so.
0: Yeah, that's very important, family first.
1: Yeah, I don't want her to go through anything that I've ever been through. I don't want her to um, think that I don't care like like I had previously because I know that if she was to grow up and follow in my footsteps that what happened to me could happen to her, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Everyone thinks people go to prison to learn a lesson. Um, I guess there is that fine line between. You can sort of understand that. Yeah. But then people are going to prison and getting, you know, like having traumatizing things happen to them. It's like, well, are you happy now? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. What was the hardest thing that um, you found in prison? Like, over the sentence? you lose any loved ones or did you have anything rough happen to you other than the abuse in there? Or what did you struggle with the most in prison?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel as though because I'd probably been there a fair few times that, you know, um, there was, you know, I knew a lot of people yeah. Um, But I think I actually struggled the most going to prison as a mother.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I think that's when I actually started getting punished.
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, because when you have a child, it's not your life anymore. Mm. You know, and you've, well, this is my opinion. You've sort of got to try and do everything you can to no matter what's happened to you, you sort of got to try and turn that around.
2: Yeah.
1: Because it's not just you, it's affecting anymore. Back in the day, going to prison didn't affect anybody, didn't affect my family, it didn't affect me. Yeah. Um, all it affected was my quality of life.
2: Yeah.
1: Because um, I remember I met this girl in 2009, she's my best friend now, and she's like, have you never been to a festival? I'm like, No. She's like, have you never been to – do you not go out to um, uh, the movies with your girlfriends? I was like, no, don't really have very many girlfriends. Most of my friends are guys. like, Yeah. You know, so I, I never really – I guess – so to answer your question, sorry to waffle on, I think it's – I probably struggled with quality of life but for a long time not knowing what quality of life was. Yeah. You know, and – since when I was clean, you know, I went to Italy. I I travelled for work all over Australia. I went camping for the first time. I, I did so many things um, that I sort of were sort of like first times. But, um, yeah, you just – you don't want to ever miss out on, you know. I want to go back to those days where – Yeah. I'm doing all that sort of proactive things, normal things. It's funny you say normal things. Normal things to people who have been to prison so much is going to the beach and going camping and hanging out with friends. But to the, I don't know, I don't really want to name the society. That's just every day.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's, it's so weird get so excited about a camping trip. we are like, what do you mean? Do this all the time. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So,
0: so,
1: um, yeah. Yeah.
0: That would have been hard for you, mate. And, and you said that you struggled with some addictions throughout this time. So you've been clean for three
2: weeks.
1: Yeah, so I've struggled with addictions since I was about 14 or 15. Probably about, okay. you know, 15, the hardest stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and... Yeah, it was like it was always. It was a very independent person, so so I went to prison so much.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, it's it's a terrible thing to have to deal with. You know, um, addiction is so hard. It's so hard to get rid of. Um. So yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't. Never used to use like take any drugs when I was in prison because yeah. that was my clean time. Yeah, okay. Um but yes definitely struggled with addiction for a long time when I was out.
2: Yeah.
1: Um it was very naive also when I was clean for seven years or so. And then I just thought, you know, when things started happening, I thought I'll just dabble a little bit, I'll be right. Yeah, you never write yeah. when you're an addict. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're a consistency person, you you know you just you never write with that. So mm. you know, so it's um it's probably one of the hardest things to go through once you get into that merry-go-round, as I call it, with prison.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, I guess the way that I got myself out of it was not participating in war stories in there. Yeah. You know, like walking away, not, you know, and just really being very vigilant on who I would, not being a snob or anything, you know, because I'd always say hi to everybody, but be very vigilant on who I actually hung around.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, because you, I'm, I'm a big believer these days. The habits that you create in now are the habits that you continue on when you when you're when you're released.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. And um, yeah, so it is a huge thing being being out, being so bored, living in the area where I grew up. Yeah. And being clean, you know, like I've had to sort of um, not even associate with family. Yeah. To a point. Yeah, it a good good part bad part it is it is because it's it is really tough you know it's um but you just know what would happen if you know I guess I'm very aware about what would happen if um I was to put myself around those people or go to their place which is a high risk situation for me
2: yep.
1: you know so it's just um some people understand it. Some people don't.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, three weeks has flown by. But then in, you know, some days it sort of drags a little bit. Yeah. Um, I got out to a bit of a shimozzle and stuff as well. Like there was a lot of things happening that I didn't think that would happen, you know, with my house, this, that, other other stuff. and. So it's just a case of um, getting things organised and not letting anything affect you. Yeah,
2: And not letting anybody
1: try and bring you down, you know. And I guess I've been very lucky because my daughter's father's done a full 360, not a 180. He's done a full 360. Yeah. So out of the three weekends I've been out, been out three weekends. Yeah, three weekends I've been out. I've had my daughter two of those weekends.
2: That's good.
1: Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Plus, you know, like I've had uh, my friends from the Gold Coast come down or come up um, and they're pro-social people. So I guess it's just having that instant contact with really good support.
2: Yeah.
1: That has um, like sort of helped things.
2: Yeah, that's good.
0: And I think it's really important too that you're opening up and talking about your experience because, you know, if you're just bottling all that stuff up, you can, you can build up to something bad, you can build up to, you know, issues, drug issues, mental health issues, yeah, addiction
1: issues. Definitely. Different sorts of 100%. issues. So I'm um, so I believe it also comes to anger issues as well, because you're angry at everything, then you go use drugs yeah. and try and not think about it. Um, I think opening up and actually talking about everything, this is why I agreed to participate in this. Yeah. Um, because it helps me heal. Mm. Um, it helps me feel like I'm turning my negative into a positive by yeah, exactly. hopefully being able to reach out to somebody who's struggling, um, to reach out to somebody who hasn't come forward and doesn't really you know that's still in addiction or something maybe they'll they'll hear this i'll really relate to this person and you know if this person has been through this it's pretty identical to what i've been to through and maybe if i connect with people and all that sort of stuff it's um
0: yeah
1: it's very empowering
0: yeah i agree you
1: know and i feel like i'm just i'm getting one up on them now
0: (laughs) yeah no you're doing good i'm happy for you and um so did you say that you want to start doing some studying
2: or?
1: Yeah. So I started um, studying while I was in prison. Okay. I'm doing my d- diploma in laws. Yeah. Through Charles Darwin University. They're actually the only university in Australia that does the diploma. Okay. Which is really good because then you don't have to do your, your TPP or anything. Yeah. And it's a very good baseline or if you wanted to do a, a bachelor or um, sort of gives you a bit of a, a taste of what's, requ- what's required.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I've learned, I've, like I've only done two modules, but um, I've learned a lot. Yeah. And um, uni starts again next month. So yeah.
2: cool.
1: Yeah, and I've, I think that also a, a big a big um motivation of starting studying while i was in prison especially through a uni or something it's really good um social connections
2: yeah
1: so you're then building another platform with pro social contacts yeah um because obviously yes it's online but that's probably the best thing because you're connecting through everyone you know they always they create Facebook pages for that particular module. They, yeah. you know, you talk outside of your, your um, lectures and stuff like that. So it's it's really good as a um, a baseline to be able to connect with healthy people.
2: Yeah, so I agree, mate.
1: Yeah, that you're studying too, so you you'd understand that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, well, I I just finished my tertiary preparation last year and I am starting my Bachelor of Arts so I can get my GPA up um, because, you know, I sort of didn't do too well at high school, so I need to do this to start studying law. But I'm actually involved with a um, a group that's around USQ, so um, there's a couple of criminologists there and also there's about five or six people who have been to prison, two people who have done life sentences, a couple of others have done five, six years, myself only done a year. So if anyone does want to jump in, be involved in that, I'd love to have you there. And also, i why I you know, two Cass, and I think, yeah, we can do that soon when, yeah. whenever you're ready, mate.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's that's really good that, you know, people are, like, because I've never really experienced such a great support group before, you know, not blowing your trumpet or anything, settle down. But I've... Um, you know, like and there's a lot of advocate services, a lot of support services out there that tick boxes.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, but to find a support service like you guys that are very uh, proactive and I don't know, you just get that. It's very genuine. Yeah. It comes from a very genuine place, which is, um, you know, like I actually i have told a few people, oh, I'm involved in this support group, rah, 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 and it, it's great. It's fantastic. It's, it, it's, it's, it's really good to have something like this, especially when you first get out of prison. You need that instant support. So Yeah,
2: you
0: do 100%. That's my goal, you know. I want to see people beat the system. I want to see people get out and live healthy, normal lifestyles, you know, not be caught up in, going back in and causing stresses on people and on yourself that, you don't need to do, and you know, there is a different lifestyle. And, and and to be fair, you know, most people who have been through the same situations that we have, they don't know anything different. So if you don't know, you, you can't learn. And if you can't yeah. learn, you, you're just going to keep going in and out. And so yeah, this this group and what we're trying to do is um, it's open to anyone who's walked down the lines that we have. So just want to let people know that too. Who are listening in can always reach out to any of us. Be able to reach out to Cass. We'll put her all that stuff in the in the bio. Um, so yeah.
1: So it's 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 it's. I want to tell you about a situation that happened um, uh, probably before I went to prison in two thousand eighteen. So I've got a few yeah. like I I like I've had to just cut contact with them at the moment, but I've had a few friends that um, had been in and out, in and out, in and out since Juvie. You know, like the they're, mm. they're the boys. They're actually in uh, one of the boys' prisons at the moment. He's actually yeah. in one of the boys' prisons at the moment. And, you know, like I was telling him about my life and what I'd been doing for the eight years because I had to cut everyone off. And he's just like, how do you get that, Cas? How do you get that that want for life? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like you're just so, so happy, yeah, you know. And um, he came to my house, you know, that I, I built as a single mom. And he's looked around and he's like, so this is possible. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, so it's possible for people like us to get this, you know? And I was like, of course it is. 100% it is. just got to make worry. that. Yeah, you've just got to, like, not try to wind myself up or anything, but the moral of the story is that um, it doesn't matter how many times you've been to prison. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. You know, I guess anyone can really do anything. Just, just going to do it, you know.
0: Yeah, 100%. Find that,
1: yeah, find that motivation and, and do it. And don't be scared to link in with support groups and don't be scared to go to counselling because it, you know, sounds daunting and having to revisit everything that you've been through, but it's um, it does help.
2: Yeah, I
0: agree. Yeah, well, um, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on the show today, Cass. I really appreciate your time and um, opening up because I think people will be able to definitely relate to your story and what you've been through. And I encourage all survivors to speak out about what they've
2: been through.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And um, actually, thank you for giving me the motivation and inspiration to talk about it you know I don't really talk about it that much but yeah thank you and I, I hope that there is somebody that will reach out and that will um make that step to acknowledge that they're they're survivors and and that's not a bad thing
0: I think this will I think this will definitely
1: Okay well, thanks
0: I would like to thank everyone who is following Survivor Stories for being a part of our community. If you would like to follow our journey on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at about time for justice which is spelled about ABOUT Time T I M E for F O R Justice J U S. T I C E There is no spaces, that is all one word. We also have Twitter, but unfortunately we could not get the same name. Our handle is about time for JU one. We also have a website about time for justice com. We also encourage all of our listeners to jump on to our closed off Facebook prison support group which is called beating the system you can find all the links in this podcast in the details section below we would love to hear your story if you would like to be a guest on our show please hit me up if you found any value from this podcast I'd ask you to pay a small fee and of course that is only if you found value we do not charge or run any ads at the moment I ask if you could please subscribe, leave a review and to tell one friend about our show.